Alright, fact checkers, it is a brand new year, but we've got the same great coffee sponsor. So if you head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT for fact check this, you get 15% off any order of $25 or more. Also, be sure to check out the new blends that Steve's got over there. We've got the Den Blend 2 Electric Boogaloo. This is a medium roast coffee. If the dark roast was a little too robust for you, but the light was not quite getting what you needed, check out the medium roast. It is fantastic. And also, they've got a brand new one. It's the Costa Rica Honey Prep. Now, this is the same great coffee, but with a little bit of a floral aroma. You're going to really want to check this one out. So head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT at checkout to get that 15% off any order over $25. Let's get started. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast, and today is the first part of a four-part series that is going to... uh, I'm not going to have a whole lot of personal commentary on this. Uh, Mostly I'm just going to read it because it's very well done, very well well looked into. Uh, This is a... This is from Town Hall. It's a four-part series that looks at the uh, child pedophile ring and the gay couple in, I believe it was North Carolina, who had, uh, Georgia, Georgia, sorry, who had adopted uh, these brothers and then were recording porn using them and also uh, basically pimping them out. The whole thing is fucking disgusting. But it's gotten very, very little attention or coverage. So I'm going to go through the whole thing, all four parts. Not not today. It's going to be this episode and the next three after this to go through all four parts of it. And and like I said, I'm not gonna have a whole lot of personal commentary because it's it's well done and they and they are each piece is pretty long and and very in depth. Um, more or less, the purpose of this is because because it's not getting talked about. And I don't know if I think like people who run in my circles and so you know probably most of y'all who are listening have heard about this stuff, but I don't know that a lot of like normies have. So the purpose of this is to to put it in video, you know, digestible form, audio form that people who don't know about it, you can share this with them and, and they can listen to it or watch it. Because uh, I, I know reading is not something that people like to do, particularly in our modern society. So that's what you got me for. I read it for you. So let's just jump right into this because like I said, it is pretty long. Tapes. We investigated a suburban LGBTQ pedophile ring. Here's what we found. This is part one of a four-part investigative series. Content warning, this article contains graphic descriptions of child sexual abuse. Reader discretion is advised. Yeah. A months-long town hall investigation reveals disturbing new details about the affluent LGBTQ activist couple accused of sodomizing their young adopted sons, now ages 9 and 11, and distributing homemade child pornography of the sexual abuse. Half a year after a shocking story made national news, Town Hall is the only outlet following up on the criminal case in Georgia that has since seen zero headlines written about it. We found it's far, far worse 
than what was first reported. Not only did the married men allegedly rape the two boys who were adopted through a Christian special needs adoption agency, they were pimping out their children to nearby pedophiles in Atlanta area suburbs, town hall's follow-up investigation discovered. Recorded jailhouse calls, a trove of never-before-seen court documents, and testimony from a family member who spoke exclusively with town hall uncover the extent of the physical and emotional trauma the two elementary school-aged brothers endured, as well as the red flags that the state overlooked during the same-sex couple's faster-than-expected adoption process. And here's some lovely family photos. As Town Hall reported in August, the suspects were darlings of the LGBTQ media. They were part of an anti-gay hate campaign promoting uh, hashtag no H8, no hate, and Out Magazine, which holds the nation's highest circulation amongst LGBTQ monthly publications, has repeatedly asked them if its website's Pride page can feature their photos taken at the Atlanta Pride Parade. The charges. The adoptive father's 33-year-old government worker, William Dale Zulock Jr., and 35-year-old banker, Zachary Zach Jacoby Zulock, who was previously accused of raping a child from Oxford, Georgia, have been indicted by a grand jury on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, felony sexual exploitation of children, and felony prostitution of a minor. William and Zachary are each facing over nine life sentences. They've pleaded not guilty. According to a copy of the 17-count indictment Town Hall has obtained, the adoptive dads allegedly performed oral sex on both boys, forced the children to perform oral sex on them, and anally raped their sons. In at least one instance, the anal rape injured the older Zulak child, who just turned 11 years old in mid-December. Court records indicate that the child's sexual abuse stretches back to as early as late 2019 and intensified in January 2021, March 2021, and December of 2021 as the offense dates are listed. The brothers were enrolled in third and fourth grade, respectively, before the men were caught in a midnight July bust at a Zulak mansion, which ended with Zachary tackled to the ground and William hauled out of the house naked by armed officers. The two Zulak boys, whose faces were censored by Zachary Zulak in first and second grade holding academic certificates from the 2019-2020 school year when the child sexual abuse is alleged to have started. So, I mean, these were kids, man. These are little kids. Golly. William admitted to forcing his 11-year-old adoptive son to perform an act of sodomy, a.k.a. oral copulation, on him with the intent to satisfy his own sexual desire. Reads a sworn affidavit filed in support of William's overnight arrest back in July 27. On July 27th. Uh, Town Hall has redacted the children's names to protect the identities of the underage victims. Uh, here's the affidavit for the criminal arrest. Uh, an updated criminal affidavit says the child's sexual abuse was filmed by William's husband, Zachary, with whom he routinely engaged in sexually abusive acts on the boy. Zachary, the household's breadwinner, confessed to being the cameraman, and authorities allegedly found a folder on his cell phone labeled Us that contains videos of William sexually abusing the child. The indictment also charges the Zulot co-defendants with soliciting two other men through the use of popular social media platforms in the greater Atlanta metropolitan region to perform an act of prostitution with their child that suffered physical injuries from being brutally raped. 
Town Hall is the first to publicly identify these two alleged members of a, of a pedophile ring in the heart of the Peach State. 27-year-old Clay uh, Hunter Clay Lawless and 25-year-old Luis Armando Vizcarro Sanchez, both of Loganville. And there those sick fuckers are. Lawless, who snitched on the Zulocks, told local law enforcement he received numerous messages via Snapchat from Zachary about fucking his son tonight and to be prepared to receive images as well as videos of the father raping his adopted child. Zachary met Lawless through a mutual contact, an unidentified man going only by the first name Blake, on the day gating app Grinder. Following the virtual introduction, Zachary sent photographs and videos of Lawless uh, to Lawless of a little boy he referred to as his son. Gonna fuck my son tonight, stand by. Zachary allegedly messaged Lawless on Snapchat and then sent pictures of himself sexually abusing his 11-year-old child. After he was busted, Lawless denied having had any physical contact with the Zulog boys, but told law enforcement officers that Zachary invited him multiple times to engage in sexual acts with him and his two children. A list of the state's evidence includes 149 images collected at the Zulock home, two flash drives containing Zachary and Lawless's phone data, sexual assault nurse examination results from the child, uh, children's medical forensic exams, which gather DNA evidence such as bodily fluids and documented injuries, a text message from Lawless, a Snapchat letter, two written letters from the older Zulock child, and a disc containing a data dump from Vizcaro Sanchez's iPad and iPhone. A photo of a daddy shirt is also uh, an evidentiary item listed by the district attorney's office. Police had found clothes in the older Zulock child's bedroom that matched the clothing the boy was wearing in the photos and videos Zachary allegedly sent Lawless. Years ago, Zachary had proudly displayed a child-sized So Cool Like Dad t-shirt he received as a gift at his adoption shower. The relative on Zachary's side of the family, who agreed to speak with Town Hall on the condition of anonymity, grilled Zachary during a series of recorded phone conversations in the fall of 2022 on who exactly Lawless is and how he knows the suspect. I mean, like I said, I mean, not everything that's being said is accurate or true. So, I mean, and I'm not trying to lose everything. Zachary, who was uh, who's being held separately from William while in pretrial detainment, replied. Zachary was transferred to Barrow County Detention Center and placed under maximum security due to the nature of the charges, a jail staffer told Town Hall. Yeah, due to the nature of the charges, because as it turns out, uh, convicted felons, murderers, like legitimately heinous fuckers, they really, really hate pedophiles. And guys who rape kids, oh, they get all kinds of bad things done to them. As well they should. Does this guy, Lawless, know you at all? Or is it some random thing? He's just trying to rat somebody, the relative asked. Um, so last time he was here, I told him something. And it's, I told you, last time he was here, I wrote him down something and gave it to him. Um, it's something around those lines, but more. Zachary responded vaguely without explaining further. Zachary insisted in a separate phone call. All I can say is, you know, it's not all true. That's all I can say. I need someone in the family who doesn't hate me. So, I mean, I can't tell you what to feel or I can't cry right now around other people, Zachary pleaded in lockup, audibly starting to sob on the phone. I just need somebody who doesn't hate us, he cried. Just don't forget me, Zachary beseeched the relative at the end of their first call in September. 
Nah, fuck that, dude. Fuck that. Zachary began frantically searching for Lawless's profile on Facebook last January. The relative who has access to his social media accounts observed. Over on Snapchat, Zachary has active, unopened chats with multiple men, according to the source. Zachary, who lists his Snapchat username in his Instagram bio, where the self-described activist brags about being Papa of two of our two wonderful boys, admitted to sending such material to less than a dozen people. There are other potential co-defendants under investigation that are out there circulating videos of Zulok boys. Alcovey Jur- uh, Judicial Circuit District Attorney Randy McGinley, who serves Walton County, told the court at a September 7th bond hearing, according to a transcript provided to Town Hall. They just view underage boys as sex objects, McGinley said of the Zulock co-defendants as the virtual court appearance. The raid and seizure. Since the Zulocks have been taken into custody, the married men's assets have been seized, their vehicles have been forfeited, and their home is now the property of the state with a lien filed against it. The Zulock couple's criminal defense attorney, Johnny Haldi, said in court, adding that a sign on the Zulock's house says, Do not enter, property of Walton County Sheriff's Office. It's BS that they took our house. A frustrated Williams stuck in Walton County Jail protested via an hour-long phone call with the Zulock family insider. They seized the house, everything inside of it, all of our cars on the property, Williams said of the seizure. William recounted the night of the raid, uh, the armed raid, on the Zulock residence. They came in at 1130 at night. I was asleep. Zach was asleep. They were going to bust down our door if Zach didn't open the door, the relative asked. The, the relative asked, so they rammed down the door? They were about to, but Zach heard them knocking, and he actually went and opened the door. They slammed him on the floor, and I hate to say this, but William paused momentarily, chuckling in a lowered voice. I don't sleep in clothes. So they arrested me in my bed naked, William complained, and they walked me across the front yard, put me in a police cruiser with no clothes. They wouldn't even let me get gym shorts on or anything. William added that he sat stark naked in the back seat of a police car until approximately 4 a.m. the following morning, while they searched our house for God knows what. Yeah, you can tell in Zach's mugshot that he has a big bruise on the left side of his face, the family member said. Yeah, because they slammed him against the floor in the foyer. He had bruises on his knees, his face. They come in blazing with AK-47s or whatever, William continued recalling about 10 to 15 officers. They were doing like a drug bust or something. Yes. They should treat it much, 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 much worse than a drug bust. AK-47s. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. Anyway, because uh, they come in screaming and hollering and overkill, William one. I'm pretty sure they ransacked the whole house. I think they took our house because they think there was extra money coming in from somewhere, and we're like in our 30s and have this big, giant house, and they didn't think we could afford it, William said, describing the custom-built home he designed. The couple's dream home sits on a two-acre secluded secluded cul-de-sac in a private, prestigious, upscale neighborhood where pre-existing houses are selling for as much as $900,000. Construction of the mansion from the ground up took only a half a year in 2020. The kids love the forest behind us and the playroom for all their toys, William wrote in a post celebrating its completion. Beforehand, the Zulocks lived out of a small house in Snellville, which neighbors uh, Loganville. At the time, the boys were adopted. 
The couple's lavish lifestyle began to materialize about a year after the Zulok men got the boys, the family insider told Town Hall. In addition to the Zulaks considering purchasing the adjacent property, Zachary told friends they were looking to buy a condo over the next few years somewhere in Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, along the southern tip of Alabama's white sand coastline. Getting ideas for our next house, William had cheekily captioned a picture taken in North Carolina outside the Biltmore Estate, a 250-room, 8,000-acre castle that is considered America's largest home and belongs to the industrialist Vanderbilt family. William went on to accuse Walton County law enforcement officials of spinning some lies to seize our house, asserting, I've come to find out that most of these police officers in this county smudge and lie just so they can get a higher conviction rate. Well, while I may not disagree with him, um, seems like a pretty uh, flimsy case there. Me and Zach work our butts off for everything we've had, William later declared. D.A. McGinley explained in an email to Town Hall that his office had filed a civil complaint seeking to forfeit the Zulot property. Forfeitures are a civil proceeding, but handled by my office, McGinley wrote. In response to Zulok's filed, the Zulaks filed an answer, and then McGinley's office filed a motion for a more definitive statement, which states that the answers was insufficient under the law. The two Zulog men were both denied bond when Judge Foster determined that the co-defendants are threats to children in the community, flight risks, at risk to commit new felony offenses, and could intimidate and influence witnesses or victims. That was a sack of bricks that was dropped on everybody at the bond hearing, William commented to the relative. Inside the gayest place on earth, or sorry, gayest place in town. Nestled within a suburban paradise, the Zulok mansion turned house of horrors, had surveillance cameras installed in every square foot of the property, the, the family member told the town hall. There was also a secret windowless room the size of a closet without any doors hidden behind a movable bookcase in the home office that the cops left open, which felt like something out of a horror movie, the relative said. Another, creepier another creepy interior room devoid of windows was purportedly used as a home theater. LGBTQ pride paraphernalia littered the family's extravagantly furnished four-bedroom, five-bathroom house, plus a packaged three-car garage, packed three-car garage, including a rainbow Mickey Mouse stuffed animal placed atop a love-above-all pillow in the foyer's love seat, where Zachary was swarmed by the SWAT team, and a neon love-is-love love sign that adorned the kitchen's granite countertop. The lamp's pro include inclusivity phrase, a mainstream LGBTQ mantra that self-styled uh, self minor attractive persons have co-opted in a rebranding re campaign that attempts to normalize sexual attraction to children, is one Zachary, Zachary frequently promoted online. The Zulaks own a collection of exotic pets, including a gopher tortoise, which Georgia recognizes as a protected species in violation of state law, according to a ticket issued by the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. In the interest of judicial economy, the state moved to dismiss the citation, giving the uh, alarming lot of life sentences the Sulak co-defendants are facing. I'm going to let them slide on the uh, having a uh, protected gopher tortoise. Zachary, a Biden voter and ardent Black Lives Matter advocate who championed left-wing causes on Facebook, also often posted images of the house's exterior where a welcome mat emblazoned with gayest place in town sat at the front door, 
Our business is our business. What happens in our home stays in our home, the gay couple allegedly told their abused sons. Beyond the child's sexual abuse as punishment during after-school hours, the Zulok boys were forced to stand in a corner for eight hours straight over back-to-back days, only being allowed to move to either eat or use the bathroom. William was also witnessed slapping their younger son hard in the face. They were just abused every possible way, the relative told Town Hall. The relative asked Zachary if he's worried about the two boys and wondering where his sons are. I mean, yeah, but I definitely can't talk about that. But, um, I mean, yeah. And then I'm concerned about the house and everything. Because, you know, nothing's being paid, obviously, because I'm here. The longer things that go on, the worse all that gets. Real concerned about your children. The sooner we get out, the sooner I can manage our finances because things are going to start piling up. William is concerned as well about the bills and monthly expenses. We do have like subscription stuff that needs canceled, like, you know, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. All that needs to be canceled because it's auto hitting our credit card, William stressed. The boys were just another commodity to them, the family member voiced in to town hall. Kind of seems that way. I'm not going to postulate just yet. Zachary seemed like an animated people pleaser with a penchant for self-promotion. Now the case has destroyed the illusion of who I thought he was, the family member said. What a narcissistic sociopath. Another relative conveyed to Town Hall's insiders that Zachary's overachieving persona was nothing more than a facade to portray a public image of success, while the once blue-haired William, who was the quiet and hard-to-read one, always making my skin fucking crawl. The family is questioning in hindsight how a low-level civil servant and a small-town bank teller could indulge in such niceties. After an application was submitted for representation by a public defender, a letter addressed to William shows that the county's uh, indigent defense program found he is ineligible, citing equity ownership and his spouse's whopping $7,500 a week income. A similar denial memo was also sent to Zachary, who handles their money, pointing to his supposedly well-to-do weekly earnings. According to Zachary's since-deleted LinkedIn page, he was a branch coordinator at the SunTrust Bank in Duluth, a career he touts on Pride-themed t-shirts. But the latest Classdoor data says the position only carries a modest $62,000 a year in annual salary. Town Hall contacted the site's bank supervisor to, concern, to confirm whether or not if Zachary is still employed and truly raking in a six-figure salary. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to make any comments, the on-duty manager stated over the phone. We can't verify any information in regards to Zachary's current employment at the SunTrust branch or how much he makes, the manager said. Zachary took vacation time using leftover PTO for the first week or two in jail, and then he tried to place himself on a leave of absence, but management wouldn't hear his plight. I'm pretty sure I don't work there anymore, which is fine because I didn't like it anyway, so it's whatever. But I'm pretty sure I don't have a job anymore, Zachary told his family member. Back when Zachary was a Universal Bank Specialist at PNC Bank, he and William marched yearly in the Atlanta Pride Parade, carrying rainbow Born This Way pride flags and sporting orange PNC shirts made by the Financial Services Corporation, a corporate partner and sponsor of the annual event. 
The marital partners also participated in AIDS Walk Atlanta year after year. Meanwhile, William worked at a super, as a supervisor at the county's Georgia Department of Driver Services Customer Services Center off of Heritage Parkway, where he often assisted teenage student drivers who were seeking to obtain their learner's permit or driver's license. Prior to hiring, all DDS personnel underwent a background check, which included a criminal history report. Town Hall called DDS headquarters to inquire about William's employment status. We don't give that information out over the phone, the Office of Investigations told Town Hall. I won't be able to give you any personal information about the employee. The only money we had coming in is my paycheck and Zach's paycheck, William maintained. And we never told anybody because it wasn't anybody's business. But we get child support from the kids from the state, he revealed to the relative. Oh, you still get child support from the state, the family member asked. Mm-hmm, until they're 18, he replied. I didn't know that happened after they were adopted, the relative stated. William, laughing, said, I didn't know that either until we adopted them. When questioned about the legal defense paperwork, William countered, that's something they pulled out of their rear end. Did you mean the information on the finances or what they said in the bond hearing? The family member asked William. Probably about the finances and what Zach makes, William answered, not outright denying what was alleged in the courtroom. And that's the end of part one. I don't want to postulate, but if the Epstein Island stuff didn't show people what goes on with this sort of thing with these sort of these sort of people? I hate using that type of wording, but fuck man. The sick fucks who want to sexually abuse children are willing to pay tons of money. And they also tend to be in fairly high positions. So is it really outside the realm of possibility that all of this influx of money that started, a, you know, after they adopted these boys was directly because they were whoring them out? to high bidders. I don't understand with as much admission as they've made how they can how they can submit a not guilty plea. How that could even be taken seriously. I, I guess everybody has a right to a fair trial and blah 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 whatever but holy fucking shit. Like I said at the beginning, they go pretty in-depth in all of this stuff. Uh, if people don't know what's going on with this, like people need to be people need to be looking at this stuff and, and talking about this because this isn't just some isolated incident in somewhere in suburban Georgia. Like this stuff is going on everywhere. 
They just hadn't been caught yet. Or the ones who have been caught, it hasn't been talked about. Or they don't want to catch them. And they're not trying to catch them. Like you build this giant mansion and all this like extravagant over the top shit and really put yourself in the public limelight. That's kind of faux pas for these sorts of groups. They like to stay in the shadows and fly under the radar. So maybe this is like maybe this is taking down one of their own to prove a point that this is not the way you handle your business. These are not the things you do. This stuff is sick. Hopefully you're as disgusted and as right and enraged as I am just like listening to this and, and reading through it as well. Uh, be sure to tune in to the next episode on Monday where I will be covering part two. Wednesday will be part three and the following Monday will be part four. Leave me a comment. Like, let me know. Have you actually heard about this prior to me reading this? I don't think a lot of people do. And that's truly criminal. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in to the next one. We've got a brand new sponsor for 2023, and I am really excited to partner with Agorist Acres. Now, agoristacres.com, you can find over 100 varieties of seeds. They've got vegetables, flowers, all kinds of stuff. They've got heritage brands, everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto and can easily take either at checkout. Now, be sure to head over to agoristacres.com, and anything that you get... Use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time that you need to be starting your own garden. You need to be growing your own food. You need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They have got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product, highly recommend. So go check them out.